Welcome to Investor Insights, the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs, help you enhance your financial situation, and explore all parts of a person's financial life. And now, the host of Investor Insights, Mike Williams. Hey there, good morning. It's Mike Williams with Genesis, and welcome back to Investor Insights, uh, our podcast here on iTunes. Uh, Just uh, really done to help you uh, become a better investor as you move forward. So what's today's uh, lesson about? Uh, Really, this episode is about uh, what we call G-Day, the day Greece went into default. And of course, that's what the headlines tell us. But what's really strange about all this hype is that Greece, uh, for the better part of the last 200 years, has spent about 90 years or almost half of that period of time uh, unable to pay its debts. Um, Now, interestingly enough, the current debt problem that we're told to fear and run for the hills over as it relates to Greece doesn't involve default, though that sounds like a strong word. The IMF calls it in arrears. Uh, it's not like they're going to go foreclose on the country. Uh, there's a lot of hype about uh, all sorts of things that sound terrible. I mean, listen, if you read two headlines, one says Greece has gone into default, and the other says Greece is in arrears on its payments, what sounds scarier? You can bet that the word default sounds scarier and more complex and uh, more conducive to cause the crowd to pay attention. Remember, everything we pay attention to today is driven by a media business model that didn't exist 25 years ago. You know, 25 years ago, we paid attention to two or three channels and we had our favorite and it was ABC or NBC or CBS, and those three people had, or those three groups had a news team, and we liked our news guy at the end of the day, and we paid attention, and it was really informative. That's all it was. It was, hey, let's just let our viewers have the information. And now, today, there are tens of thousands of places we get information. Uh, blogs, books, live webcasts, multiple channels on television, radio, uh, any place we can think of on our phones, on our podcast, on our web uh, pages, on our on our iPads, uh, mobile, sitting in our office, sitting at home. It is literally a nonstop fire hose of activity. Now. When you're in that and you're one of the media outlets that are trying to make money in the new world, it's no longer about getting you the information because the information is pretty basic. What it's about is getting your attention. See, because if I get your attention over the 74,000 other people trying to get your attention, we all have the same headline. We all have the same news to deliver. But we only get paid if you pay attention to us. 
Okay, so take that perspective going forward when you're reading things, and then you will begin to recognize why big words are used and scary headlines are used, uh, plummet, uh, crushed, uh, cratered, um, surge. You know, words cause emotional charges in our brains before we even know they're causing them. That's what causes us to pay attention. That's what causes us to knee-jerk react to events. When in time, we realize, uh, you know, I would have been better doing nothing. So what does that have to do with G-Day? Well, look, it's summertime. Uh, Monday this week, we had a few hundred points down on the Dow. I remember the headlines at the end. Worst day of the year. Uh, uh, largest losses all year in the market, and it was a 1.5% move. In fact, less than 1.5% move. So, oh, and by the way, it bounced back up most of that over the next two days. But see, you don't really read that in the press because that doesn't get your attention. What gets your attention is largest losses of the year in big print, bold letters. That gets your attention. Telling you to fear Greece gets your attention. Using the word default instead of in arrears gets your attention. But again, it's summer. And no matter what the event would be, summer is a choppy period. Summer is fewer people involved, meaning movements can be more volatile. That's normal. What we want is the market to come down a little bit so we can get a good deal. And why in the world would we want that? Well, because our economy is doing better than we want to perceive. Yes, it's always changing and it's always in the woods and there's always something to worry about. But you know what? That's the way it's been since the beginning of time. And in the beginning of time, the Dow was zero, and now it's 18,000. So I suspect we're going to continue to have problems, and I suspect we're going to continue to see benefits accrue for those that can ignore the problems. So what do I mean by ignoring? Well, look, absolutely nothing happening in Greece is going to change a few things. Uh, it's not going to change how many millions of people, and I do mean millions of people in the United States, who will leave their homes, their parents' homes, and form their own new little household, even if they start renting first, in the next five to ten years. Nothing in Greece will change that. Nothing in Greece will change how many millions of people, all those Gen Y kids, who are living under their parents' roof, not only will they leave that roof and form their own roof, they will buy their first car. They will rent their first apartment. They will eventually buy their first home. And every time someone buys a home, what do they do? Well, they buy all sorts of other stuff, too. When they get a new job, they buy stuff. Nothing in Greece will change the millions and millions of kids who, over the next five to ten years, uh, three, two, even starting now, millions of new families will be formed here in the United States. 
nothing in Greece will change the massive impact of a gigantic wave of people who will enter our economy and change the world as we know it. Uh, we need to get our 1982 playbook out, and we need to remember what happened the last time a very large generation of people entered the economy in force. Think of an egg going through a snake. It was called the baby boom at the time, and now it's called Generation Y. Some call them millennials, but here's the deal. Between 1985 and 2005, 100 million people entered our population. Those people are called Gen Y or millennials. Those people are smarter and brighter and more technologically advanced than the baby boom were or was. Uh, those people will change things as dynamically as the baby boom did. They'll just change them in bigger ways. The egg going through the same snake is simply larger. So please be aware that nothing in Greece will change any of those items. Uh, sure, hopefully it'll cause chop in the market. Hopefully it'll cause a little summer swoon we can take advantage of. Hopefully no one will be watching because they'll be away on vacation and we can take advantage of that and they'll come back after selling in May and going away and they'll come back and they'll buy things back in October or November when prices have rallied back. So listen, a lot of other people have chatted and uh, built this up in the press that this has been, quote, one of the most tepid recoveries on record. Now there's an interesting little chart that I'd love to send along to you and uh, feel free to write us a little email at info at genesisinvestor.com. That's info at genesisinvestor.com. Send us a little note and I'm happy to send this chart back to you. It's a, a chart created by the Federal Reserve uh, from their own data bank and it shows the household debt service uh, of the American citizens today, of our population. It shows total household debt service payments as a percentage of personal income. Now what's interesting here is that one of the very important low periods on this chart, I'm going to try to describe it to you so you can get a visual and, and understand how dynamically valuable this information will be to you over the next 3, 4, 5, 10, 15, even 20 years. I'm going to, I'm going to try to describe the chart, and here's the thing. The last important low was in the early 80s right before the baby boom started building their lives, economically speaking. It then exploded along with the stock market. People took on debt to take risk. They built things. That's what happens out of dark spots. Remember, in the early 80s, it was a tough time, too. We've covered that a lot of times in our previous podcast, so I won't bore you with that. But the point is, is that the low period on this chart in the 80s marked a very valuable precursor to the next 5, 10, 15 years of very positive activity. Then we had another period in time in the early 90s. 
Remember, in the early 90s, we suffered through a real estate collapse. We suffered through banks and SNLs closing. We suffered through guys going to jail, and we've suffered through a recession. That was the next low point on this important chart. And you know what it was a precursor to? Seven years of the market going straight up with no stopping, literally tripling over the next eight years. Now, why do I point those two low points out? I point that out because today, Right now, even after all these terrible catastrophes, and even with the Dow somewhere between 17,700 and 18,000, higher than any other point in our history, we now have a household debt service payment as a percentage of disposable income at a lower point than each of those previous periods. Indeed, it is the lowest point on record for this chart. Now, why do I point that out? I point that out because the reason this economy or this economic recovery has been perceived as tepid is because 2008 and 2009 scared so many people so deeply that they have been terrified to take risk. They have been paying off debt instead of taking on debt to build things. Now, what do you think people do after they go through a wave of taking off debt? Well, if you think about it, they start the next cycle, just like they did in the early 80s and in the early 90s. Here we are, near record highs. People are still terrified, and they have the lowest debt service on record, at least for the last 40 years four decades of time. You know, the last time we were even close to this, the Dow had a reading in the early 80s of less than a thousand. In the early 90s, it was in the low 3000s. And here we are, more risk averse today than we were at either of those important periods of time. So what does that tell us about the future? What it tells us is anybody who wanted to be afraid is already afraid. The force with which we could be surprised on the upside is more significant than anybody can really imagine, just like it was in 1982, just like it was in the early 90s, right in the middle of what was then perceived a terrible recession. I remember hearing repeatedly, Mike, you don't understand. It's never been this bad. And strangely enough, here we are, 18 times higher in the Dow than in 1982. Six times higher in the Dow than in the early 90s. And yet, the population of the United States is in less debt as a percentage of household income than they've ever been. Now think about that the next time you hear about how Greece is somehow going to affect the entire world. I want to give you a couple of perspectives on Greece and then we're going to wish you a happy 4th of July. Here's a couple of perspectives to think about. I noted that this past Monday the Dow was down a few hundred points, caused people to get scared again. We did a little study, and again, I'm happy to send this chart to you, 
We want to know how many stocks and their losses just for that day made up enough market capitalization to literally replace the entire annual GDP of Greece in one market session. Now I'd like you to ponder how many companies do you think you'd have to add up just the losses on paper for that day in the panic about Greece not paying their debt. I want you to think about how many companies might add up to the $240 billion of annual output by all of the country of Greece. If you're wondering, the answer is 83. So out of the thousands of companies publicly traded in the United States alone, it only took 83 of them and their losses on Monday to make up the entire annual output of Greece. Said another way, Greece's GDP in the United States economic terms is the equivalent of Atlanta, Georgia. Think of it that way. Now, I have lots of friends in Atlanta, Georgia. I love Atlanta. We spent 10 years in Atlanta building company. Now, would I hate to see Atlanta go away? Sure. But do you really think if Atlanta went away, the whole world would shudder? I don't think so. Just like it won't shudder if Greece has to go bankrupt, as they should, write their debt off and start over with a better plan. Because if they've been in default 90 of the last 200 plus years, you can bet their current business model is not very effective. So helping them consider doing the same for the next 200 years is as absurd as fearing their demise. So let's, let's think about those things and then let's realize, remember, nothing in Greece will change the millions of people who will form new households here in the United States in a way and in a wave and in a force that we've never seen before. The closest thing we've seen to it was the baby boom. It was the early 80s. The Dow was less than a thousand. And before the baby boom was done building what they were going to build, Two decades went by and the Dow went up 15 times over. So let's think of that instead of Greece being in default. By the way, it's in arrears, not in default. You guys have a great, great 4th of July. Have fun with family. Travel safe. We look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. Thanks for your time today. And until then, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.